Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. This week in the office, um, you know, just kind of checking hard on what we, we should do uh, this weekend. Uh, the Lord talked to me about this, and so I'm just trusting the Holy Ghost tonight to, to say what needs to be said, and uh, for each person to hear uh, what God would say to you about this. Um, you know, we, we were talking this morning, we, we were talking this morning that, um, you know, just mentioning of the, the things that have uh, been going on here at the church, and really the journey the Lord has been, is taking us on. And, um, you know, it's exciting. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, something that I'm looking forward to see how all this plays out. You know, uh, once you get a glimpse of it, uh, of some things, you, you know, you, you get really eager to see how all this is going to work, you know. And I oftentimes found out, you know, it doesn't work the way we, we think it will. <laughs> and uh, that's why it's important that we stay open to the leading of the Spirit and, uh, you know, not throw in our own interpretation of how things ought to go. You know, a lot of times... Uh, things start off by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, by the direction of the Lord, but people put their own interpretation on things, and, and things get off course, and, and things don't end up having their uh, full effect and accomplishing everything that God wanted them to do or wanted it to be because people get involved. And, uh, you know, it's, a, it's an everyday, ongoing thing that we need to be checking ourselves and making sure that our motives are right and making sure that we're staying on course. Um, you know... Uh, we, we hear these, this you know, example all the time, you know, when you, you uh, I mean, I'm reminded Amy flies, you know, and so when we, we were to go somewhere in the plane, you know, you GPS is today, you punch in your coordinates and it does it for you, you know, automatic pilot, it, it does all the work for you. But in the old days, you know, uh, you'd have a, a setting on, on your compass somewhere that you're going and you had to constantly be checking that, constantly evaluating where you were, you know, um, especially if you're, if you're on the ground driving and you get off course, you may just be lost. Uh, if you get off course when you're flying, uh, you can be in trouble. You get somewhere where there's nowhere to land if you have to uh, uh, make an emergency landing because you weren't paying attention on an interstate or something. How uh, I many know that's a little bit different than just uh, getting lost in your car, you know? And so you need to be making adjustments and checking your course to make sure that you arrive at the right destination. And, you know, I know when you're flying, you know, uh, you cannot go by how things look. I mean, you can't, you can't go by how things, how, what it looks like, what's going on. You have to be checking your gauges. You have instruments and things that are there for you to be looking at and, and examining, and it keeps you on track. You know, your eyes a lot of times can deceive you, and, the, and what you think you see a lot of times can lead you the wrong direction if you're looking at that. And uh, so it's important to make sure that, that we're, we're checking ourselves and making sure we're staying on course, and, um, uh, uh, and, you know, and that applies obviously here in in what God's doing, and I'm excited about what's happening and what's going on. Uh, we looked at this scripture this morning. You can turn with you over to uh, uh, Philippians, just as reference. I just want to look at this, and, and uh, you know, it's important that we see things the way God sees, sees things, amen? In uh, Philippians chapter 1, the sixth verse, we read this at the beginning of the service, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I said this morning, you know, it's God's desire that we finish the course he's given us and run our race and do exactly what God's called us to do. Amen. If you go over to Hebrews chapter 12, a scripture we've been reading, uh, it's come up many times here uh, in the last several weeks. 
verse in Hebrews chapter 12, we'll start in verse 1. It says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance, with patience, the race that is set before us. Notice verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. But notice, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You know, God is in the finishing business. And uh, it's his desire we do everything that God has called us to do. It's his desire we accomplish all of his will and not miss out on a, on a single area. You know, when areas when we miss it, you know, the grace of God gets us back on track and thank God for that. But, you know, it's not okay to miss it in any area because lives are affected. You know, lives are affected. When we fall short, lives are affected. And the grace of God is there uh, uh, for us. But, you know, it's important that we are obedient to what he tells us to do. I told this story on um, a winter retreat, and the Lord reminded me of it. You know, uh, Steve and I went to, um, uh, went to St. Augustine for an RMAI meeting several weeks ago. An RMAI meeting and then some uh, uh, um, dinner at Osteen's. So it was, a, it was a glorious trip. But anyway, can I get a shout-out for Osteen's? But anyway, um, we went, and uh, we were coming home that night, and it was dark, and and, um, you know, it's important that you stay sensitive to the Holy Ghost and, and listen to what he says. We were uh, coming back, and the road between Palatka and, and uh, the Keystone area is, is out in the, in the sticks, you know. There's not much out there. And uh, it was, you know, I don't know what time of night it was, 7.30, something like that. And, um, you know, in that area where there's the, uh, the guardrail that runs for a long distance across from the elementary school that's out there, and uh, we're riding along, and we, as we drove by, there was a, a, a person sitting on the, um, on the guardrail. We just drove by, you know, really fast, and it was just kind of a blur there with somebody. And um, uh, got down the road a little ways, and Steve was rambling on about something, and, and uh, uh, the Holy Ghost was dealing with me about going back and getting that guy. And, and I just knew it as soon as I saw him. I just knew it, you know. And how many know that picking somebody up in the woods, 7.30 at night, is probably not the thing that, you know, that, that is just something that my heart just rejoices at, you know. Um, but, you know, it's important we stay sensitive. And so uh, we went by, and, and Steve, like I said, is going on and on, and, and we, it wasn't that bad. He was just talking. It was something good he was saying. I just was completely not listening at that point. And he could tell I'd quit listening, but he kept talking. But anyway, he's persistent. And uh, uh, so we drove for a, a mile or two or something. And, and uh, finally, you know, the Lord just said, he said, are you going to ask me about that? Are you going to, you know, are you going to, you going to. And, and so I'm having this battle in my mind. Am I supposed to pull this guy, pull over and go get this guy? And, you know, all these things, thoughts are racing, you know, going through your mind and all. And, and finally I told Steve, I said, we got to go back. I said, do you mind? I think I asked him because he was also in the car. I didn't want, you know, him being murdered or anything. So I, I, uh, <laughs> uh, so I asked, you know, I said, I feel like we need to go back and get the guy. And so, uh, you know, and he said, well, I could tell you weren't listening to me for a little while. I said, yeah, I was arguing, arguing with the Holy Ghost now for the last, uh, uh, you know, mile. I don't want to do this. I don't want to, you know, we're busy. We're having a good conversation. I just want to get home, you know, and it was late and, and I don't want to pick some guy up. Well, you know, uh, it's, I don't endorse just picking people up. You need to be led by the Holy Ghost, right? And, um, and so I made the statement to the Lord before I turned around. I said, well, you know, I, I said, I, if I can miss it, 
If I miss it, I'll just repent and the Lord will forgive me. Ever had these conversations before? I know what you're asking me to do. And if I miss it, I know I'm missing it. If I miss it, I'll just ask you to forgive me and I know you will. Right? And uh, the Lord said, yeah. He said, I'll forgive you. He said, but what about that guy? Okay, the car gets turned around. We go back, and, and now the young man is walking the opposite direction. He's walking back into Palatka, and so have these two guys in a strange car pull up next to him in the middle of the night. Hey, where are you going? He was a little kind of wondering what's going on here. But anyway, we got in the car, and um, uh, we were able to, to uh, pray with him, led him to the Lord, got him filled with the Holy Ghost. And Actually, no, we didn't. We didn't do that. We talked to him about it, but then the Lord told us, don't go any further. Uh, but we were able to, to witness to him and took him on into Gainesville. You know, he, he was sitting by the road, and I forget exactly what he said. Uh, he said he was sitting there, and what did he say exactly? Yeah, he was sitting beside, I don't know if you heard that, he was sitting there, and he said he, he just cried out to the Lord. He just said, God, he said, I'm needing direction. I'm needing some direction here. And so if you're real, send somebody to give me some direction and help me. Well, you know, had, I not, had we not listened, and I'm not saying, you know, brownie points for me. We, we all have this to listen to the Holy Ghost, right? And, uh, uh, you know, we just turned around and went and got him. Well, you know, it's important that we obey those things and that we're mindful of those things. And, and anytime we get off course, anytime we miss it, you know, as far as we're concerned, God loves us and, and you know, he doesn't want us to live in, in bondage. You know, if you've missed it in the past, it's in the past. Don't worry about it. You know, move on, right? Uh, but, you know, we ought to be endeavoring to not miss it in the future, endeavoring to stay sensitive. And, and every day getting to a place where we're hearing more clearly and responding uh, uh, more quickly to his leading, right? When he says something, you know, next time I, I, I endeavor to not get two or three miles down the road, but actually stop, you know, I don't want to screech the brakes and scare the guy, but you know, uh, uh, slow down properly. And, and we just want to be more sensitive to what, what the Lord would have us to do. And, um, adjustments and things are necessary around. And so the, 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 uh, things to be aware of. And so, like I said, we want to finish the course that God set before us. We don't want to miss out in any area. And something that the Lord um, uh, just kind of brought to my attention this week for tonight uh, is um, uh, just some things that, that we need to be aware of as, as a body going forward that we need to make sure that we're aware of. You know, the enemy doesn't have any new tricks, but the tricks he has, I have worked for years on people. We want to make sure that we don't fall, fall victim to these things, right? Uh, I want you to go with me over to, um, uh, go over to Acts, the sixth chapter. He said, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to, uh, uh, I'm just endeavoring to say what the Lord would have us to say and, and nothing else. Um, sometimes we can overdo it by adding too much of our own input in here, right? Uh, but we just need to, to, to say what he would have us to say. But it says here in Acts chapter 6, um, you know, this is the early days of the church. If you go back just a couple chapters, you know, the day of Pentecost happened and uh, Peter got up and ministered and 3,000 people were born again. And, and uh, you have the lame man at the, the gate, beautiful, was healed. I tell you, you know, God was doing great things. Peter and John were arrested. Uh, they were delivered. Uh, God was moving in the church and things were happening. And um, it says in, in Acts chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Now in those days when a number of disciples, when the number of disciples was multiplying, 
there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists. The Hebrews were uh, Jewish uh, Christians who spoke, spoke Aramaic. The Hellenists were um, Jewish Christians who spoke Greek. And uh, there was a division that was uh, a complaint that was arising between the two of them. And it said uh, the complaint was that the, their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. And we'll give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word, and the saying please the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, Philip, Pro, uh, Prochorus, uh, Nick. Nick and Nor, Timon, all those other guys, when I'm stumbling over their names, uh, but they sat before the apostles, and then when they prayed, laid in their hands on them, and the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Uh, anytime God starts doing something, the devil gets very busy trying to stop it. Amen. Anytime the Lord starts moving, the enemy starts uh, trying to stop it. We know the parable of the sower. When the word is sowed, what happens? Immediately, the enemy comes, right? You know, the enemy doesn't want us to progress. The enemy doesn't want us as a church to move forward. And um, he doesn't want us to accomplish God's will for us. And he doesn't want us to, uh, uh, to have the impact in this community and around the world. That, you know, we do have a worldwide impact, you know, with our missionaries that we support. He would like nothing more than to stop uh, what we're doing. And I'll say this too, the prayer that's been going on around here. You know, you realize that the, the enemy knows who we are. I guarantee he knows who we are. Now, this shouldn't bother us or scare us, but he knows who we are because I believe the Lord is leading us to pray not just for us, but for the move of God in general. Uh, you know, we're, we don't pray selfishly just by an impact family church, but we pray by the inspiration, by the leading of the Holy Ghost. God hears our prayers, amen, and he's moving on behalf of that. Well, anytime God starts moving, the enemy always wants to come and try to uh, uh, stop that. And one of the biggest things that he tries to do is to bring division. And like I said, I'm, I'm not saying this tonight because I think there's a problem. I don't think there's a problem. But I'm just wanting to be obedient to what the Lord put on my heart, that we're aware of these things and aware of his devices, and we don't fall prey to these things. Anytime God starts moving, the enemy also tries to, 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 to come against us. If you're making progress for the things of God, you're going to have opposition. That's one of the things that the Lord's been talking to me about personally. Opposition always comes. And it's not something that we should be uh, frightened by or taken back by. We ought to know it ahead of time, right? I mean, you know, I use, I've used the example before. If it, when, you, when a person signs up to be in the military to go to join the Army or the Marines, you know, they need to know what they're signing up for. Uh, it's not, they don't need to just sign up and thinking that they're going to go to Club Med. No, you're going to go to boot camp. And when boot camp's done, you, you have a possibility of being shipped off somewhere. Maybe, you know, right now, maybe to Afghanistan or someplace like that. Well, you know, if a person goes into it not aware of what's happening, uh, they can be really discouraged really quickly. And, uh, uh, but if a person goes into it understanding that there's an enemy, they're going to face these things and what that is, they, they, they also take better time in their preparation. They're more careful to make sure that their foundation is good and that they're learning and understanding what they need to know. Why? Because there's opposition that's coming. Well, there's opposition that will come. There's opposition that'll come. You know, let's not be under any uh, uh, fault or, you know, not be misled in any way. If we're going to do what the Lord's asking us to do, we're talking about revival. We're talking about seeing God move in a real way. 
right? I mean, I'm talking about changed lives, right? I'm talking about uh, 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 major things being done. Let's not think small. God's not thinking small. You know, let, let's be open to what God wants to do. And I believe there's big things that he wants to accomplish, and we're, we have a part in that. Well, as a result, the enemy's going to come and try to cause division amongst us, and we need to be aware of these things. Amen. We need to be aware of them. So that when it happens, we can, we can identify it and see it for what it really is and then address it and move on, right? And so division is something that the enemy tries to bring, something that he tries to, uh, 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 to do, but, you know, we, we're, we're, we're smarter than that. We've, we've got the Holy Ghost, amen? Go with me over to uh, 1 Corinthians. Uh, 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. You doing okay tonight? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. First Corinthians. Now this here Paul was writing, and I'm just kind of laying a foundation so you can see that this is, this is a tactic that he uses. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, it says, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we'll stop here for a second. The church in Corinth, this was a church where God was moving. I mean, they had they. I mean, they, they were all about the gifts of the Spirit. They were all about flowing with the Holy Ghost. I mean, this was a church that loved God, but even the in the midst of an environment where the Holy Ghost was moving, there were things that Paul had to address. And have you know that Paul, when he wrote these things, he didn't just write them just to be writing things. He wrote them by inspiration of the Holy Ghost. It was Paul's job to do that. It was Paul's job to to uh, as the 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 uh, and of course Timothy. Um, well, Timothy was the pastor of the church in Ephesians. We'll get to that. But uh, Paul established these churches, and so he had a, an overseer role here. So it was his job to, to, to address things as it were needed. So he wrote to the church, you know, greeted them and things. And he said, now in verse 10, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it's been declared, uh, declared to me concerning you, my brethren, uh, by those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions among you. And he went on to talk about, you know, there were people that were saying, I'm of this and I'm of that. And, um, and then he goes on and talks in, into chapter 2 and, uh, about uh, uh, the wisdom of this age and the fact that, uh, you know, God has revealed things to us by the Spirit. Picks it up again in, ver- in chapter 3 that... Uh, talks about you know division amongst them and dealt with this even in this environment where the Holy Ghost was moving division tried to creep in things tried to enter in right uh, it was interesting during praise and worship the Lord reminded me of this you know one of uh, in Ephesians you know there are, you can go over there to Ephesians chapter one these are probably uh, several of my favorite overall verses in the Bible that I just love Ephesians one and Ephesians two uh, Ephesians chapter three. Just the, 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 just the wealth that, that it, that's in here, uh, that are written in these chapters. And um, we could easily read the whole thing. We won't. But uh, these, these chapters, like in, in First Ephesians chapter 1, 15, Therefore I also, after heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus 
and your love for all the saints. Verse 16, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Glory be to God that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory in his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Paul was praying for some real stuff here. And I tell you, God was moving on their behalf. I believe things were happening. You know, the church in Ephesus was the head church in Asia Minor. So all the churches in that area looked to the church at Ephesus. And, and where they went, the whole region went. And so Paul was talking to them and praying for them and spending time uh, in prayer that the eyes of their understanding would, would be enlightened, that they would begin to step into some things. But it's interesting that he prayed these prayer, this prayer and wrote this letter to them. And then you notice in uh, chapter 4, he starts talking about walking in unity. He talks about all these great things and their eyes being opened and, and uh, 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 you know, all of this, these wonderful chapters. Then he very quickly jumps into uh, instructing them to make sure they're walking in unity, right? Uh, and, and he really, he goes on uh, not grieving the spirit, walking in love, walking in the light, walking in wisdom, talking about marriage, uh, talking about children and their parents, bond servants and masters, talking about relationships, talks about putting on the whole armor of God to withstand these things. The enemy tries to come in and separate us from one another. That's what he does. And in a time when God is moving, he still wants to separate us from one another today, right? And so we need to be aware of these things and make sure that uh, uh, we are careful to not fall into the enemy's trap. Amen? It says here in the... Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, uh, I just want to start in verse 7. It says, But to each one of us the grace, grace was given according to the measure of God's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Verse 11, he gave himself, gave, and he himself... Gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Notice he put these gifts in place so that the body would be equipped, that the saints would be equipped to edify the body. You know, it's our job to edify one another. Now, I'm in the position, in a position of being in, in a pastoral role. I'm not the head senior pastor here, but I'm in a pastoral role here. But I'm still a part of the body. And all of us have the responsibility to edify one another, to build one another up. That, that's our job is to build one another up. And it says that we do this until we all come, verse 13, to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Our, our target, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a high target. We're, we're going after the, the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. That we should no longer be children. Now, this morning I talked about having the heart of a child, but, but in some areas we don't need, need to be like kids. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but... Speaking the truth in love may grow up into all thing, in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body, 
joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, notice it causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. You know, we are members of one another. And I said it this morning, I'll say it again, where we go, we go together. And the enemy knows that. Where we go, we go together. Anybody that is missing parts or not functioning properly together can never function the way it was intended to function and do everything it was intended to do. And as a local body, the same thing is true. When the enemy tries to come in and cause division to cause us to not be able to, to do everything the Lord's asking us to do, we need to be aware of that. You know, uh, Mark did a great job on Wednesday night. If you weren't here, I encourage you to, uh, to listen to Wednesday night's sermon. It was wonderful. Um, Pride is an area where the enemy tries to get in. Pride is an area where the enemy, you know, pride is the thing in the very beginning that, that caused the devil himself, Satan himself, to sin against God with pride. It was his first stumbling block, and it's one of the things he first brings to us to try to trip us up is pride. Right? And anytime God starts moving, the issue of pride is one that's quick to, 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 to rear its ugly head in a group, and we need to be aware of it. You know, I love what Mark said. You know, he, he said, you know, I, he never considered himself a prideful person. I didn't either. But, you know, uh, when, when you ask the Lord to start showing you things, he'll do that if you want him to show you things, right? And, and it's, it, it's such a freeing thing to have the Lord show these things to you so that you can address them, but it's also so necessary, and when you start making progress, the subject of pride is something that will come to each of us. You know, I've been, uh, you know, uh, been in, in ministry with an actual title or full-time position, you know, however you want to word it, uh, since, um, uh, well, we were youth ministers, and, and she was a children's pastor in Jacksonville starting in 2000 after we graduated from Rama. Uh, obviously came here in 2003, um, but, you know, grew up in a minister's home, you know, since I was the age of six. We went to a Bible school at the age of five. Church started when I was six. And, um, you know, you grew up in a pastor's home, you, you, you see a lot of things. I mean, Michelle knows what I'm talking about. You just, you just, you hear a lot of things. You see a lot of things. You know, it's one of those kind of jobs that you don't just leave at the office with you. It is your life. <laughs> it kind of goes with you everywhere you go. Um, and, and division is something that the enemy wants to use. You know, uh, when the church first started, this church was birthed out of a group of people that were hungry to see God move. They had gotten filled with the Holy Ghost and uh, in a denominational church and had come out of the denominational church because they wanted more of God and they were believing God for a pastor, you know, just come somebody, the Lord to send someone to, uh, to uh, lead them and direct them and, and to, to pastor the church. And so uh, we came back from Tulsa and my folks came back, we came back with them and and uh, they got in touch with uh, the pastor there that we went, the church we went to in Jacksonville. And so they put him in contact with mom and dad. You, you know the story. And um, they came here. And, and of course, you know, he, uh, my dad, my parents were just doing this just till they found somebody. And the church was so excited to have them. They were so glad that they were there. And they, my parents would tell them, you know, we're, we're not your pastors. We're just here to help you until you find somebody. And they said, okay, pastor. He said, no, 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 we're not your pastors. We're just here to help you until you find the right person. Okay, pastor. Yeah, we, we understand. We understand. And this was just the way it went. And so they, they believed they had locked onto their pastor. And I believe it was an assignment from God. Uh, my, my parents had always assumed they'd be in the traveling ministry. Uh, my mom grew up in a pastor's home. That's the last thing she ever wanted to do. When they went to 
to Ramah, you've heard her say this, when they went to Ramah, she said, yeah, I'll go, but only if we don't pastor, because she didn't want anything to do with that. Uh, they wanted, he wanted to go in the traveling ministry. Well, obviously they were here. And so the church began to move and began to grow. And, and then the, the Lord began to deal with my dad about, you know, yeah, no, you are the pastor of this church. And, um, and so, you know, things, he finally took the, took the position officially, became the pastor of the church. And so uh, things were going well. But, you know, anytime God's moving, like I said, the enemy tries to get in. And the, the folks who were here when the church first started, uh, 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 the, that group missed out on, on the benefit of what God was doing. You know, I think about it as some, you know, obviously some people moved away because they just moved and jobs and things like that. I understand that. But the enemy got in and caused division amongst people. Uh, there was division, division with each other and division between them and the pastor. You know, the enemy still tries to do the same thing today. There's nothing new. Um, you know, when it comes with our walk with one another, you know, we need to be mindful of that and, first of all, extend some grace to one another. You know, we're all growing right now. And each one of us are, I, I'm trusting that you're endeavoring to grow in the things of the Lord and, and, and you're expecting God to, to lead you, to guide you, to direct you, to speak to you, to show you things. And, you know, uh, when that begins to happen, when the Lord starts talking to people about certain things, there is a tendency sometimes for people to begin to look at what God's talking to them about as the only thing God's talking about. Can we just be real tonight, right? I mean, that, that's what happens. Well, you know, the Lord talks to each of us about different things based on where we are and what we're open to, right? I mean, there are some things that, that we all need but then there's some things specifically that the Lord will talk to you tonight or talk to you about. And anytime you come together, things are even on a, on a Sunday service or Sunday night, something maybe you ministered on, and the Holy Ghost can talk to you about something completely different or, or an aspect of what was ministered on that, that wasn't even the direction necessarily that, that the person speaking even thought it was going to go. But the Holy Ghost knew where you were and he talked to you about it. And begin to deal with you about those things. And so um, I've seen it happen over the years when God starts doing this. People start getting things from the Lord that there, there oftentimes arises a um, uh, just, well, pride gets involved. And, and what the Lord's talking to me about is, is not, that, not that people think it's more important, but, but people get discouraged because their, their revelation or the thing the Lord's talking to them about or showing them isn't recognized. You don't understand what I'm saying. And we need to be mindful of that. We need to be aware of those things. Amen. You know, I found that oftentimes, uh, a lot of times the Lord is talking to us about the same thing. But a lot of times he's talking to us about issues and subjects from different sides of the mountain. And a lot of times people can get into conflict with one another when God's moving because we're talking about this subject, but you're describing it from this direction, and that's not what, at all what God's talking to me about. I, the, the, you're saying this, God's showing me this over here. A lot of times we're on different sides of an issue, and we look at things differently and are approaching them differently, right? And so the Lord will talk to us about different ways of doing things and different aspects of the same thing. They do work together, but it's important that we don't, uh, uh, we're, we're, we're patient with one another, 
that we're patient with each other and loving with one another, right? And open to what the other person has to say. And so, you know, let us not fall into the trap of being uh, uh, holding on to something as if it's just yours and it's the only thing that God's doing because that's not necessarily the case. Every part brings something, and when every part brings that together, it causes the body's edified. We need to be getting different things, and we need to have an environment where it's good and okay to share those things with one another. That's necessary. There are some things that, that, that I will get, and it'll come from you because you're seeing things in a different light than I am, and God is giving that to you so it can be a blessing to me. I need to be open to that. Now, obviously, we judge everything according to the word. We don't just take things just because it's said and someone says, thus says the Lord. You judge it according to the word. But at the same point, you know, we need to be open to what God's saying to each other. You know, this is a room full of people of gifted, talented, anointed people in this room. And the Lord has brought us together. You know, Sunday nights is our core group that, that comes together. And there are gifts and talents and anointings in this room that we must have from one another. Things that we need. There are things that Brother Steve needs that his mom needs. There are things that Sister Iris needs, you know, that Captain Kirby needs. There are things that we all need. We need to be open to these things and make sure that we're careful to not let pride get into the way and get in the way. Everybody understand what I'm saying? And, and, uh, uh, and then in the, just going a step further, you know, uh, pride, not let it get in the way where your pastor is concerned. Amen. You know, it's, it's, uh, he, you look in, in, uh, uh the children of, uh, children of Israel and they were delivered from Egypt. As soon as they got to the Red Sea, what happened? They saw this obstacle there and they turned, they started turning on Moses right away. You brought us out here because there wasn't enough graves in Egypt. What's wrong with you, right? We were happy there. No, they weren't. They cried out to God, and that's why God sent Moses, right? But opposition comes. Things arise. You know, in the early, here at our church, uh, when things went, went the way it did early on, it was because, you know, there was a group in the church that, that wanted control, and, and pastor has a job to do, and so there was, there was a headbutt about that. And it could have, those people could have made the adjustment that was necessary, and many of them still would have been here today. Many of them still would have been here today, but, but because they weren't sensitive and, and, and let pride, really it was pride then too, really it was pride, that's all it was, it was pride, enter in, it causes, caused a division. And, you know, those people, I believe that, you know, God is a restorer, and, and he has made up those areas in our, in our, in, in our church. But there is a period of time where, where the church suffered because those people weren't here. The church just suffered because those people weren't here. Now, there was a, gro- a great amount of growth came right after that. You know, God, like I said, he's faithful. Uh, he's faithful because, you know, Pastor and Pastor Angela stood their ground and, and did what the Lord told them to do. But, you know, uh, the church missed out. Those people missed out. I don't want to see anybody miss out. I don't want to see anybody miss out. Um, you know, the enemy is always trying to distort those things. He doesn't create anything. He just tries to corrupt things. Amen. We need to be on guard to make sure that we're preferring one another, to make sure that we're, we're looking out for one another. Amen. Uh, let me find, there's a scripture here. Let me, let me find it. Just bear with me one second. Hallelujah. Praise God. You're in uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Drop down to verse 25. 
It says, therefore, put away all lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin, nor, nor let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. You know, there, are, there will be things that will arise as we go forward that will aggravate us about each other. Right? I mean, those things are going to happen. It's, it's going to happen, right? I mean, you can't get more than two people together for just a little bit of time and, and the possibility of being aggravated with each other comes up, right? You're chuckling out there. I mean, you know, it happens. Well, you know, when things happen, we, the, sometimes anger happens and comes up, but you can still not sin. You know, we, there can be things that we don't like, but we can still stay out of sin. Amen? It says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole no longer, uh, let, him, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, and that, he, that, he may, that he may have something to give him who is in need. Notice, no, let, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. How, how, do, how, do, we, how, do, we, how do we do this? How do we move forward in making sure that, that things stay where they need to be? This is a good place right here. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification. Why? That it may impart grace to the hearers. You know, if we're looking to impart grace to one another, we'll stay on course. Amen. Verse 30 says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, if we're going to move forward, and like I said, I'm not saying this because I think there's a problem. There's not, I don't believe there is a problem right now. It's just something the Lord brought to my attention we need to be aware of, that, that we need to make sure that we're imparting grace to one another during this time. That we're imparting grace to one another. You know, none of us have all the answers. None of us do. I don't have all the answers. My wife certainly doesn't have all the answers. No, she, she, I'm just kidding. And she sticks her tongue out at me. It was a joke. All right. Uh, we know Stephen and Rachel, they don't have all the answers. Pastor and Pastor Angela don't have all the answers. None of us in this room have all the answers. But together, we've got what we need. Right? Together, we have the necessary parts to do what God's called us to do. And so let's make sure that we're tenderhearted towards one another and working with one another. Amen? And, and making sure that we're, we're watching against pride from those things getting in. Amen. You know, if each person will do what Mark was talking about on Wednesday night, I tell you, there's protection there for us as a church. There's protection there for us. You know, the enemy wants to come in and cause us to start questioning each other's motives and what we're trying to, what, and pride wants to promote yourself. You know the scripture, go over to, to uh, 1 Peter chapter 5. We know these scriptures, but they're good. Hallelujah. We'll, we'll, we'll start up a little higher than this. This is talking to elders, to pastors, and so this is, this is important for us. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1, The elders who are among you I exhort, 
I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. Not as being lords over those entrusted to you, but examining, but examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. You know, there's a responsibility for pastors to, to do these things. It's part of my job is to do these things, right? I mean, that, that's something that, that the Lord instructs us, instructs me, instructs pastor and Pastor Angela, Amy, Stephen, Rachel, you know, we're, we're here as the pastoral staff to, to not do it by uh, serving as, uh, 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 you know, not by compulsion or for dishonest gain, but as uh, looking after those who've been entrusted to you by, by examples to the flock, right? And so we have a job to, to do in a, in a position, you know, make it easy for pastor to do his job. Amen. Make it easy for pastor to do his job. You know, at this point, you know him and you know my mom, you know them. Their heart is towards you. You know, and there is a great responsibility that they have to, they have to answer for what they say. You know, to be honest with you, something like this tonight is something I don't really enjoy talking about. But I have, I have to answer if the Holy Ghost tells me to do it, I have to answer to it. Right? Well, it's Miracle Night. This is a Miracle Night message. Well, I don't care. This is what he said. So, uh, and it's his church anyway. So I have to do that. Right? And, you know, like I said before, we don't always have all the answers. That's why it's so important to pray for your pastor. And he talked about it last Sunday night. It's so important. He's just as human as you are. Pastor Angela's just as human. I'm just as human. We're all just as human as each other. And prayer is necessary. Prayer is necessary so that, that the right direction is going. I've seen over the years, you know, and this is something that I'm aware of. When you're in charge of something, you're never going to make everybody happy with you. If you've, if you've managed anything, you know that somebody's not going to like what you're doing. If you, you know, because all, if people see things from different, it's, it's different standpoints and different angles. You just know that's the way it is. You know, I, I'm a type person, I like for people to like me. I do, I like people to like me. I, I like people to, because I genuinely, I like people. I mean, I, I, you know, I like being around people. I'm a social kind of guy, and, and I, I want people to like me. I learned a long time ago that if I'm going to do what God asked me to do, I, I have to run the risk of sometimes people not liking me. That's just the way it is, you know, that I'm not always, not that I try to do it, but at the same point, if I'm just going to obey the Holy Ghost uh, and obey my heart, it's going to make some people aren't going to like it. They just won't. And, and, and I understand that, you know. But at the same point, I want to do the right thing. Pastor and pastorians want to make the right decisions. You can help them by praying for them. Amen. And, 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 it, and I'll say this. When you pray for your pastors, don't pray that they'll see things the way you see it. Pray that they'll see it the right way. I say that and people laugh, but haven't we all done that? Lord, I want you to deal with that wife you gave me. Come on, y'all. Don't know. Whoa. Y'all have all done it too, right? Oh, Michelle. No, I've never. Sister Holiness over there. She, oh, never. I've never said, Lord, you deal with that old Steve. That, no. Have you ever said that, Steve? Even just mention it. He's like, oh, he, he sort of shook his head. Yes. Well, you know, we pray about things. And, and because we're so convinced our side is the right side, right? We're so convinced that our perspective is the right perspective, 
that, that we're convinced. And honestly, a lot of times people aren't trying to be hateful about it. They're not trying to be hard to deal with. They just really believe they're right. Right? I mean, shame on a person who knows they're wrong but insists upon their own way, right? And, and as believers, as born-again Christians, I don't think that happens. Now, I will say that when you find out we're wrong, a lot of times it may be, it, sometimes it's difficult to change directions because you've dug your feet in, right? But that's a part of being humble and not being proud. But when you pray for, for them and we're praying for one another, we need to pray that they see the truth, that we all see the truth, including ourselves. Amen. You know, there so many people over the years have, have you know, the enemy's gotten in where it comes to you. The, the one relationship the devil goes after the first is your relationship with your pastor. When God's moving, that's one of the first things he's going to do. He's going to go after that. You've got to be on guard for that. Yeah, there might be something you don't think is the perfect way. But at the same point, just be thankful that you're not having to make the decision. Well, anyway, that, that's... <laughs> because, you know, if you made the decision, there will be a bunch of people looking at you not agreeing with what you just did. That's just the way it goes. And so we want to make sure that we're careful about that. Make sure that we're... we're we're, uh, 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 you know, that we're, we're praying for those who are in authority. You know, one thing I've noticed over the years, uh, when, when God's moving, how do churches get into strange uh, uh, areas of control? You ever wonder how this happens? You know, it happens oftentimes whenever coming out of God doing something amongst a group of people that groups can get off course. Right? You know, one of the things that Pastor always said, and I, and I appreciate it, he's only responsible. He only has authority over things he's responsible for. He doesn't tell you what house to buy or what car to buy. It's none of his business. Right? It's none of his business. He did, we're, he's, he's, he's in charge of the church. He's not in charge of your personal life. Right? And so if you ever feel pressure that, that it's there, pray about it. Because it may, it may be, you know, listen, I'm human. If I ever make a mistake... You know, I, I, I want to I make an adjustment there. But, you know, uh, it may be that you're just seeing things the wrong way, feeling pressure that's not there. But, you know, one of the things I've noticed when God is moving and, and groups tend to get off course when leadership starts to being too controlling is God's doing things and people start to rise up in the congregation. And, it, and oftentimes it can, it can, if people aren't careful to make sure they... They, as Sister Edna said a couple weeks ago, stay in their lane, right, and try to take on a position that they're not called to. The pastor, oftentimes it's not right, but I've seen pastors that try to take more control than they ought to take because they're trying to preserve things. And if they yield to the wrong things, things can get out of whack in a hurry. And so it's important that we examine ourselves, make sure we're staying in our place, but then praying for the pastors, they stay in their place, yeah. right? There's safety there if we'll do that for one another, right? I mean, you know, I, 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 dear Lord, I, I, I have a, uh, it's a challenge to run my own house. I don't need to be running everybody else's house, right? And you all agree the same thing. So we need to be mindful of those things. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, when, when people start getting out of their place, it's not that one is more important than another. No, we're all important, 
But we all have a specific job that's got to be done. We all have a specific place, giftings and anointings that had. There are people in this, in this room, if it wasn't for you, there are certain people in here who pray a lot. And I know a lot of people in the church are praying even more. And so that's why we are where we are today. You realize it's, it's because of that prayer that's going on. Without that, we'd go nowhere. Without, that, the, it, 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 without, without prayer, the church wouldn't even be here today. I can tell you that. Look at how good the pastors are. Without the people praying, it wouldn't even be there. We're, we're, we're members of one another. So don't think, you know, that, uh, you know, I, I, I want this stuff. No, ha- take the job God's given you. Take the job God's given you. Because that's where your gifting is. That's where your anointing is. Amen? And if we'll stay where we need to be, and it's like I said, it's not about one being better than another. That's got nothing to do with it. It's just us doing what God's called us to do. Amen? It says it said that uh, for the for pastors to not uh, uh, to be overbearing or all the you know for dishonest gain. Verse five goes on to say, likewise, you younger people submit yourself to your elders. Now notice, remember, it's just the areas that, that they have authority. You're not submitting to, to to what house to buy or what car to buy. You're not submitting to those things. He says, yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. What does it mean? Be, be prefer one another. It goes on to say, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Well, what will happen if, 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 you know, what will happen if I submit in this area? What will happen if I prefer my brother in this area? That's the cares he's talking about right here. Humble yourself and then cast the care of those things over on him. You know, he, we, we're not to have care in any area. But this scripture is tied to what he's talking about. You can't, you can't just remove it and say it's only about cares at work. He's talking about, he, here he was talking about a uh, relationship between shepherd and flock and, and flock to shepherd and, and people to one another. Listen, we don't need to be worried about those things. If we'll submit, do it as unto the Lord, right? Prefer one another, cast our care upon him. And then be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Uh, uh, resist him steadfast in the face. But notice in verse 6, it says, Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Exaltation's coming. Promotion will come. Amen? Well, you know, I, I don't want to belabor the point tonight. I just, it's just important that we stay on guard for these things. Let's make sure that we're, we're aware that when things come up, be a person that diffuses, right? Be a person that diffuses things. And, and we lead one another into a place of being uh, uh, hospitable and compassionate towards one another. Listen, we have to have one another to do this. We have to have one another to do this. It's vital that we do. Like I said, I, I'll say it again. You know, I don't want to be leaving thinking Pastor Greg grilled us tonight. I don't think we have a problem. But it is something that the Lord wanted us to be aware of. Amen. Let's make sure we stay on course. Amen. Let's make sure we stay, stay where we need to stay. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.